Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. I've got a lot of questions, though. Okay. And the big one is, so I, I, I love what you're talking about with like advanced um, uh, routing, uh, quality speech analytics. We, the company I work for, we have nothing right now, right? Um, and the question I'm getting as I, as I push this stuff, right, really push the company to look into it is, what kind of staff do you need to maintain this, right? What kind of analyst or engineers uh, do you need? So I would love, uh, love, love for you to talk about that. No, that's a great question. And, and Bryce, I will tell you to check out, I forget the name of it, but I did a, a kind of an, a full episode on, on the, the, the pool, right? Or like, you know, how much you really need to, to, to do to do all this stuff. Um, and it's, it's probably, I don't know, maybe six or eight months ago. So check that out on the podcast. There's a whole thing, but to, to, to give you a, a quick answer. So anything that I've seen from an analytics standpoint is 100% not plug and play. Um, now having said that I have zero analysts on my staff for now we use nice CX ones interaction analytics. I call it analytics for the people, right? Um, but I, I think that from that standpoint, once you really work in those first couple of weeks to set it up, get it where you need it to be, my frontline supervisors in QA are, are utilizing it. So there's no you know huge analyst in the back. Now, I will tell you, if you go something really out there, like there's a, there's a Nexidia product that's on the CX1 platform that is like super advanced enterprise, you know, like Disney has it. Yeah, there's some there's some weight that needs to be pulled from an analyst standpoint, from a programming standpoint, that kind of stuff. But, you know, the, the observe.ai, the, the, those kind of core companies, the, the setup is where you need to put your time into. Um, but then after that, um, I, I really see, you know, again, your frontline supervisors, your QA, your, your kind of middle management can, can really utilize that stuff. Um, when it comes to like, you know, the advanced routing and, and those kind of things, again, whether you have a professional services company that kind of helps you program that if you have nothing, uh, if you know the platform that you're on, whether it's Genesis 5.9, it's crazy easy. Like like any of that routing stuff, I mean, we're, we're getting done in hours. So there's not a, it's not a huge undertaking, again, if you know the platform. it's I guess it's kind of like anything. Um, even building out an IVR is is not that difficult if you know the platform. If you don't, then yeah, then then it's going to probably be a little bit more expensive because you need some professional services. But from an ongoing standpoint, there there really isn't a lot. It's it's more integration work and front upfront work. 
But then once you get it to where you need, you really, if you're getting, if you have the right tool, you don't really need any, any ongoing crazy analyst program or that kind of stuff. Is there something specific, like some specific tool that, that, that you guys are thinking about? Um, nothing specific. I was at CCW last year and you mentioned observe.ai and I was impressed by them. Um, I sat in on one of their talks and, and I had a bunch of questions for the, for the, for the guys that were using observe.ai, but I didn't even know they were using observe.ai and they didn't try to sell it, which I thought was great. Yeah. And I, and, and I, I thought that was really effective because I was asking these buying type questions. Right. And then not until the end, did like the CEO of Observe.ai come up to me and start talking to me, which I thought was great because then we're trying to trying to push it. Right. But, um, right now we use Collabrio for workforce management. I've heard that we're looking into Verit as well. We're all over the place. What's your what's your core platform? Um, uh, as far as like the ACD? Yeah. Cisco. Okay. Uh, you're so you you're on prem. Correct. Yeah, that's that's a that's a little bit of a struggle. Um, <laughs> how many how many seats do you guys have, roughly? Um, three hundred. And is there any plans to move to the cloud, or you guys we are who we where we are? It's um, like mo- like a lot of companies, it takes time, right? Yeah, right, right. Been, this is the way we've done it. it, it it's not broken. Uh, we need a really good business case for it. Things. I work for a big corporation. Things work very, very, very slow. Yeah. No, no, no. I totally, totally get it. And again, I think you're in a different boat where there probably is some, um, some more because everything you're going to do is going to be a heavy integration, right? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, for the most part. I mean, not that you can't utilize some of that cloud stuff, but when you're going from cloud to on-prem, there's there's a little there's a lot more work to to do with that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's kind of the, the business use case. And again, just so you know, and, and I, I don't know if you know this or not, but, you know, for someone like you guys, you'd probably be in that, you know, to, to, to get the analytics, workforce management, you'll have everything under one platform, full integration. Um, I don't know if you're using Salesforce, anything like that, but to integrate with with all that, you're, you know, you're probably in that, you know, 260 to $275 per seat per month. Um, and again, that's just, I'm just throwing a number out. That's right around where I see from a consulting side for somebody who would want kind of all the core bells and whistles. And that, again, that doesn't start to get into kind of some of the generative AI and and all that, but, um, from a self-service model, but it probably wouldn't be that far off as well. Um, so again, I don't know if that helps you or not, but just, you know, that's kind of, you know, anybody who's, who's prem based, that's kind of what you probably end up paying, um, Mm -hmm you know, per, per seat. Um, I, I think there's, I think there's an opportunity to move on cloud, but it, there's gotta, it, it's all gotta be, be part of that business use case. Right. And, if, it, and if, it, if that's what it takes to bring in some of the better stuff. Yeah. And, and I think what you're going to start to see is as you guys are going to get left behind when it comes to the generative AI stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, when it comes, not, not that you can't integrate with it, but there's so many cloud companies that are going to be, that have pre-built integrations into all this stuff, um, your roadmap is going to be much more difficult than if you are already in the cloud and, and kind of, you know, lined up and, and have integrations built with, with a lot of this stuff. So, you know, I think you can get away with it. No, I don't want to say get away with it. Cause I mean, it's not like you have a horrible platform. I mean, Cisco is still a, a really good name. 
Um, but as as we move down this road in AI and, and the new technologies are coming out, that's where you guys are going to really start to struggle to to integrate all that stuff. Because, again, you're slapping on things left, right and center as you're doing now um, when things get really cool and you're going to want some things, you know, you're going to be in a real bind. And I think that's the almost the use case that I would be talking to to higher ups be like, guys, we're going to get left behind here with all of the stuff that's coming out. Uh, because it's going to be much more difficult for us um, to advance down this technology path than it is for most and probably for your competitors as well. So you'd recommend like kind of a first step is is going to the cloud? I would say it's not even, I mean, for me, it's not even a question. Um, yeah, I would look at what platform works best for you guys. But the the first thing you guys need to do, I think, is move to the cloud. But and remember, moving to the cloud means you're going to basically get everything that you already have right now, right? So, um, but it's all going to be under one platform. So whether you go Genesis five nine nice CX one, um, you know, to get workforce management, to get analytics, to get advanced routing, to get all your pre build integrations, like all that stuff's going to be done when you move to the cloud. So you're going to be where you are, if not better, on a platform that's ready to go Mach five into the future. Um, but I would say that for you guys, instead of, you know, looking at other tools at this point, I would, I would start to, yeah, look at moving to the cloud for sure. Gotcha. That's helpful. Thank you. So, all right, Bryce, great talking to you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. All right, bye. Keith, let's go. Let's go. Tom, how you doing today? Buddy? What's up, buddy? Long time. It's been way too long. Good to hear your voice. <laughs> Good to hear you too. I think Keith, last time we hung out, we were uh, we were at uh, interactions in like 2018, 19, smoking cigars at the at Caesars. <laughs> I think so. I got up and ran a 5K the next morning. So. <laughs> you did. You did. You're an animal. <laughs> What's up, man? How, how can I help you? What, what what do you what would you like to talk about? Yeah. So you know. Prior to, to to Bryce's segment, you talked a bit about um, using the whole time in the IVR to to do some some value added things, and I'm I'm looking at uh, using that time in the IVR to educate members. Um, we're, we're obviously a credit union yep. on, on how to do some things, kind of self service. You know, whether it's through our online banking app or sending them a a link to a a, a knowledge article. Um, that's specific to to the intent of why they're why they're calling. Uh, have, have you seen that done anywhere? And and you know any any feedback or any best practices on that? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I, not that I'm against it, but I think I think you have to look at what the customer journey was to get them there. And so we like we have a client right now that we are if if the call does go into queue again we're reminding them about you know the website again I, you're taking it to a to a next step so i'm not saying you're doing this but everybody's got to remember that they probably went on the website to get the phone number or they were on the website didn't find what they wanted used the phone number then to call and now we're telling them to go back to the website to go figure some things out um now from the credit union standpoint m- maybe that's a little bit different because Maybe a customer doesn't know how to log on or, or doesn't real. I don't want to say they don't know how to log on to their online banking, but they can't log on. Maybe that's why they need you. Like, like I always fall into like this, this, this cycle of, I think that they already knew that. That's why they came to me. And now I'm sending them back to there. Um, 
You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like yeah. that, that's the, I always struggle with that piece of, of when we say educate or when we give URLs or when we're talking about, did you know you could do this? Yeah, I think for us, it's, it's a, it's a reaction to higher volumes and lower staffing levels right now. Um, and so step one of this is uh, tomorrow we're going live with a, a, a IVR SMS to chat journey. So basically I'll, I'll tell you in the IVR, if you want to skip the wait, Press one, you'll get a text message. You you hit that, and then you can be chatting with us. Um, That's you know, our our, love chat, that. our chat function is it's a higher NPS channel for us. It's also more more efficient. So that's that's going live tomorrow. But the second piece that I've been kind of tossing around is we get a ton of just simple transactional questions that we either don't know if our members don't know how to execute them themselves, or to your point, they just don't want to and they want to call us, but. I want to at least let them hear something while they're waiting to, to talk to us. Yeah, and I think that that makes sense. I mean, we, we were just, to, to your point of, you know, higher volume and, you know, I only have so much budget. I There's only so many agents that I can utilize. You know, I think that's one of the things with, we've had discussions then with, with clients and then with higher ups about what is, what is a proper service level, right? And And I think benchmarking, I said it in my my talk at, at interaction. I would love to do it even for my clients because again, we have healthcare clients, retail clients, like this whole spectrum, and and to do a, a little bit of a benchmarking survey to see at what number or or how long in queue does sentiment start to drop. So again, we always say eighty thirty, but is it? I mean, I don't know. I guess because that, that's what I utilize. That's what every RFP they tell me to utilize. But you know, we have seen, you know, Tom, I cannot afford an eighty thirty you know, what can you do for me? And I, and I would say, all right, let's go look at sentiment. And like, you know what, your customers will wait on hold for one minute and 22 seconds. And at a minute 23, we start to see a precipitous glide, you know, down in sentiment. So let's forget about an 80-30. Let's have this be your service level. And then to your point, then we can do some things within that IVR that maybe can can help or, or utilize that as well. I think what you're doing from a self-service makes absolute sense. You're not telling anybody what to do. You're giving them the option to do the SMS. I'm sure you have virtual callbacks, you know, if somebody's in queue, those kind of things. You know, there, there's there's only, I guess, so much we can do um, when, when we're in queue. But I think to give options to get the heck out of there. Um, doing what you guys are doing is is an awesome thing, you know, from from an NPSC set standpoint. Got it. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. Good talking to you, man. We gotta we gotta get together for sure. Definitely. Take care. All right. Come on back, Bryce. All right. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> all right. So next question is on quality. Okay. So let's say we bring in the quality tool, right? Um, and I'm curious what you guys were like before you used quality. Like how many quality analysts or, or uh, people did you have? And yep. What that what was that adjustment like and what did you go to? How many are needed kind of thing? I'd love to hear you talk about that. Yeah, so from a ratio standpoint, you know, we're normally, depending on the program, um, in that 12 to 15 to 1 ratio for – just kind of regular customer support, those kind of things. If, you know, in training, you know, we cut that down to about eight to one. When I go into QA, we're normally double that, right, with the tools that we have now. So, you know, roughly, you know, 25, 30, 35 agents to one for each um, QA representative. Now, 
Let me let me say this as well, though. I, I would be very careful. Um, like if I was in, in your shoes too, I would not go out and I would not be buying any type of, of QA software um, or anything at this point. I think there's so many... Where, where we're seeing, where I'm seeing AI having a huge impact is in is in QA, and you know, they're the analytic piece of being able to not only just kind of give sentiment on on every single call, but actually start to you know within within certain pockets or segments be able to score calls. Um, now that opens up a whole other thing. If we have two thousand calls and they all get scored, what the heck do we do with them? Like we can, we can have that conversation, but I think um, from Looking at what is going on right now from a QA standpoint and how AI is having a massive impact on it, um, I would I would wait to, to kind of see because I'm kind of excited about that too. I think my QA staff is going to have their role completely changed, right, from somebody who's going out and scoring calls. Um, and currently, we we send those back to the supervisor, and uh, and I know people go back and forth on this, and I don't say there's arguments, but I can see the pluses and minuses of both. We have the actual supervisor on the team coach the, the call. But I could see that changing now for sure to have our QA staff that's at a you know 25 to 30 to 1 you know, start to have a, a bigger impact in the coaching aspect because they're not going to be needed to do as much scoring. Um, so that's where I see a huge shift in, in the kind of, you know, again, those, those ancillary tools is the low-hanging fruit for AI, so workforce management, what has happened in AI right there has been crazy with how good the forecasting tools are. Um, what's been happening with, with QA is crazy. What's been happening with analytics, like all of these things that have been kind of low hanging fruit and kind of on the back end, we're all focused on the front end with chat GPT and all this stuff in our face now, but those tools have been constantly getting better and better and better. So that's kind of where we are from a, from a, I guess a, you know, for workforce management, like I, I'm normally about 150, um, 150 to one, so kind of that's kind of how we look at at how many of, of those guys we have. I also keep our QA, you know, just throwing out random things. They're kind of quote unquote away from the reps. Um, they're not. They're in the general like Slack channels, but even when we are all in house, they kind of have their own area. Um, not that we don't let them mingle, but again, we want them to to not be be as as unbiased as possible when it comes to to scoring calls. But I don't, know, Bryce. That's a, just a ton, a ton of random stuff I just threw at you. So I don't know if any of that helps or not, but. Um, that just, you know, like I open my QA box and all that stuff comes, kind of comes out of my mouth. Yeah. I, I think I'm just curious what's going to, what happens when, when a hundred percent of calls are being scored right? yep. or listened to. And then, then what changes, right? Yeah. So I don't have your answer because we're, <laughs> I, I'm sure. No, I'm Cause here's, here's the things that go through my mind. And this is kind of what we're processing is, all right, let's say we get this tool and I don't have the tool yet. Right. But let's say, you know, it's six months from now and there's an unbelievable cool tool that comes out. It's actually physically scoring ready one, two, three or one through 100 or whoever you're doing can, can figure all that out based on, on business rules you have. And 100 percent of your calls are getting scored. Then we have to look at specific things. Do you look at sentiment scores? Do you look at the low sentiment scores? Do you do those first? Do we look at specific keywords? Do we look at those first? Do we look at really good calls and, and look at those first or second? Right. So there's this whole new process that, you know, as an industry, I think we're changing and evolving to, to say yes to everything that I said in, in some type of quote unquote, I don't say algorithm or, or mix, right? To to figure out what calls should be talked to. Of course we want to do the 
you know, the, the low calls or low sentiment calls or calls that are scored on, on a low end. But again, we can't just get caught in that either. And I think that was the cool thing about randomly sampling calls is that if you got a good call, you'd send that bad boy out to the floor. Um, and, and we would rah-rah that. If you had some specific thing that you're seeing, you could send those things from a coaching standpoint. Now you can do that. It's just, it's a different process, right? It's a different thought process. And again, I think supervisors and QA are going to be less about their job today and more turning into analysts of data um, to try to really figure out, you know, getting all this information and how do we make it actionable? So I don't know if anybody has that answer now, um, you know, especially when, when you have a, a 10,000 seat call center and you have 100,000 calls or 200,000 calls that came in that day um, and all of them are getting scored. And what do you do with, with all that data to make it actionable to m improve your contact center? Um, and I'm sure there's going to be some type of AI tool that's going to then just go out and, and do a quick coaching that, that'll, that'll be coming. But um, and that stuff's not, not here yet. So. Yeah, this is all the stuff that we're we're thinking about too, Bryce. You know, when with with the new technology and the new stuff, it's awesome. But again, I think it changes what the contact center is and, and the roles within it as well. So, Tom, are, are there tools out there that will score one hundred percent of calls or listen to one hundred percent of calls? Yeah. So there's a there's a company that's that's come on the podcast to check out. It's called a value agent, um, and they currently will score specific segments of calls. So. Um, let's say you have certain sales calls or certain it's, I wouldn't say it's hundred percent of everything that comes in, but within a certain queue that's looking for specific things, it will actually score the calls. But I would say within six months, if that you're going to see multiple companies come out with full, uh, QA scoring. I mean, I've talked to a, a bunch of them that are right on the cusp of launching a pro a, a product. Um, they're in testing of that stuff. So it's coming and it's coming this year. Um, and, and I think that's going to be the a, a next huge kind of shift in kind of what we're doing as well. So I wouldn't say I have a one company that can do that right now, but I would say within the year, there's going to be multiple. It's, well, almost, it's scary, but cool at the same time. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, that's what, like I said, looking into more of this stuff, it just makes sense, right? If, if there's a, a machine that can listen to 100% of calls and, and score them, and we can, like you talk about, turn our, our QA team into more data analysts, uh, it seems like a, a cool opportunity. Yeah, and, and, I mean, think about what ChatGPT does now. Like you could, I mean, theoretically, you could give it that, and that's what they're doing, right? They're they're basically, you know, giving it that quote-unquote form and saying, is this done on the call? Is this done? Was this done? Was that done? If not, score this. I know that, you know, talking to some of the CX1 people, they have a lot of a lot of things from a sentiment score deal. Um, but the problem is that they're having is, you know, ChatGPT is not 100% correct. And it wants the, 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 the nice CX1 guys are actually trying to get a, a kind of in the background, like a, a, a score, a, a probability score that things are right from ChatGPT. And they, they're struggling with that. So, like, what do you do when things are wrong? And I think there, that's some of the things that, you know, people are kind of not struggling with now. But, you know, we're, we're in such an infancy with this thing that where's the trust level on some of this stuff? And, again, if you're going to sell a product and you're going to probably sell it for a large amount, it better be 90 plus percent correct um, in what we're doing with, with the scoring aspect or then it becomes useless. 
So I think that's the the final holdup is, you know, what do you do when it's wrong or doesn't feel right? Or, you know, if it, if it gives you a score of, I think I'm only 60% sure that this is good, then maybe it doesn't do it. So there, there's a lot that kind of goes into to some of what, what is going on now, because the, the way to do it is quote unquote easy, right? But it's now all that little, the detail stuff, you know, to, to make a viable product. That's, that's the last kind of step. What are you seeing with workforce management? You talked about kind of advanced forecasting and really, really, really accurate. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's where I have seen, again, other than analytics, the, the biggest change over the last year and a half has been workforce management um, with the amount of forecasting data and how accurate it is now. Um, I, I think it's 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 almost it's it's 10 times 10 X from from even five years ago of of the accuracy of looking at, you know, the high end kind of like IEX for what, which is kind of what, uh, what CX one kind of has. Um, yeah, th- that's, that's been a really cool tool for my customers and my clients, right. To be able to give them forecasting data all the way out, which allows them to budget all the way out. And I'm feeling now extremely comfortable and confident that, you know, now that I've had, you know, a specific customer say for two years and I've gone through two cycles of their kind of their lull during the summer, maybe their peak during the winter, um, that I feel really comfortable based on what is coming in now, how that's going to kind of impact what's going on there. And they're starting to become more if then kind of prompts with that stuff too, of where you're almost quote unquote asking it like, you know, Hey, if I, instead of just kind of putting formulas in and kind of clicking things to, to ask it like, Hey, if I wanted an 80% service level in the 11 o'clock interval on Thursdays and I'm currently at 65, what is my headcount that I need, you know, on, you know, the second Tuesday of the month? Like, whatever. Like, starting to ask it those types of things. So you're not just looking at a graph, um, but but starting to have almost conversations with the with the intelligence and, and with the the actual tool. And and I think that's the, again, that's the the prompting aspect of this that, makes things really cool and I think a little bit easier and again, cheaper, right? Because you don't need that analyst in QA or in, in your forecast management or I'm sorry, workforce management to, to really be doing all of this math when you can get it down to a, somebody maybe in HR or somebody more frontline that you don't need those guys, right? To just ask questions and, and say, Hey, you know, show me the forecast for the next six months, you know, based on these variables or, or what you see is coming from last Tuesday. Um, so workforce management, again, and I think that's where it's, you guys may struggle, right? All of these kind of really cool tools is going to be really hard to implement if you're prem-based and not not in the cloud because um, everything's being built being built for the cloud. That's helpful. Thank you. All right. Anything else, guys? I mean, again, that was that was really, really fun and, and really cool. It's good to see. Uh, it's good to see you guys. I, again, this was just – I threw this, threw this together yesterday, so – Thank you guys for kind of joining here and, and, and hopefully that was that was some good conversation and and some hopefully that was a little bit helpful. I think it was cool for me too. So again, if there's nothing else, I appreciate you guys coming. And then uh, if you got any questions, just just throw a DM at me and uh more than happy to, to get with you. Thanks guys.